Idaho Technology Council presents Innovation Matters, a look at innovators, rule breakers, and thought leaders from across Idaho. From our studios in beautiful downtown Boise, here is your host, the CEO and founder of the Idaho Technology Council, Jay Larson. Welcome to Innovation Matters. This is Jay Larson with the Idaho Technology Council, and today, which is the 19th of April, 2022, we have Andy Scoggin to come speak with us. Andy is uh, uh, one of the partners over at uh, Stage.O as well as uh, Scoggin Capital. Scoggin Capital Investment. Investment. Investment's a verb. It's Uh, a verb. We've got to make sure. Not investments. It's investment. It's a verb. That's what we do. We get, uh, we have Andy. Welcome, Andy. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. And uh, thanks to everybody, or welcome and hello to everybody out in uh, ITC land. It's it's a pleasure to to sit down with you, Jay, and I've told you this more than once, and I, I mean it sincerely. I think you're one of the, the best interviewers in the business. You just do a great job of the ones that you do. Um, I'm hoping that uh, I can uh, contribute a little bit now to one of your interviews. Well, this is awesome because uh, you we've been uh, talking about, as we've been planning, we said we got to get Andy Scoggin on this because we've got next week, we've got uh, two capital events, really, that are big ones coming up, the Idaho Technology Council's. Uh, Capital Connect Conference is on the 26th, and then the next couple of days thereafter is going to be Stage.O. So next week's going to be a big capital week for the people in Boise, right? Uh, absolutely. And then we've got uh, We Rock, which is right. the women's entrepreneurial um, uh, organization as well during that week. And yeah, there's there's a lot of exciting stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, with We Rock too. That's another one. That's great. So, yeah. but you know, Andy, I think it, we, we get into this because this is. There's not very many people that have a, as good an understanding of the uh, capital markets in Idaho as what you do. Uh, if you think about all the time uh, from uh, you came to the Boise Valley because of Albertson's company, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. 30 years ago. 30 years ago. So you've got this 30-year runway of being able to see some amazing things that are taking place. So maybe we can talk really quickly. Uh, the 90s was a really hot time for Boise and Idaho with, uh, with uh, Micron Technologies and Micron uh, Electronics and HP doing really, really well. Obviously, Albertsons during that time frame was doing really well it, as well. It did well until the end of that uh, decade, yeah. And it was coming off some hot decades in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So, can, so talk a little bit about that time frame and where we are today in 2020. Too. Yeah, the, the these are all going to be broad strokes, and obviously there's a tremendous amount of detail that um, you know we can't get into in these. But in broad strokes, I feel um, like the '90s represented kind of a you know big companies dominated economy, and then very small service type providers, but not a lot um, in between. And what I see today, and those are great companies, and those companies created lots of jobs and brought people here and um, you know, built legacies, and uh, they, were, they were tremendous. Um, and then today, we are just far more diversified. So we don't have the four to five to six dominant companies that really dominated the economy, <coughs> plus, of course, agriculture, you know, right. which uh, is, is the mainstay today and, and has been throughout the entire history of the state of Idaho, which we, we can't you know, ignore. But 
thinking more of kind of the downtown stuff. Well, Simplot, you know, is a tremendous um, agricultural company that's brought a lot of tech to that as well. But you look at where we were then with a smaller base and today where we've got just a lot more diversity across the economic uh, platform here. And, and I think, of course, the Treasure Valley, where most of my time has been, but I also you know, have good friends and, and some insights into the north, the east, and you know, other parts of, of this state. And similar moves have been going, I have been, you know, where you're seeing more of the rise of uh, that mid-sized company with tremendous yeah. potential to really continue to grow you know, versus you know, a local uh, business, a local restaurant, a local um, you know, shop. Uh, etc. They're they're going to be constrained in, in their growth, but the kind of businesses we're seeing now that are adding into that local restaurant shop, you know, great base of the economy, and then the huge, you know, multinationals and uh, national companies is this, you know, emerging group of, of businesses that are creating more opportunities for people to move around. Uh, and and this is not just the last year, or the last three years. This is the last. 10 years where we've seen this rise. I've seen this rise at least come along. And, uh, you know, I think we can dig into some data on it. We're now seeing stuff like the deal flow report and uh, yeah. stuff that Blake Hansen and that group and others working uh, on those programs are starting to, you can track that. You can see um, a lot of that change coming where the, the flows are going into uh, more uh, diversified and uh, differentiated companies that are staying here making their homes here and or bringing a division or a portion of their company here and and the beautiful thing that you're talking about i mean which we can talk more about that but let's this this whole idea of measurement and the rise of innovation and technology because you know back in the 90s you could probably make a i mean you could say that idaho's very innovative state but what i think is going on is we could this uh the deal flow report that you were referenced that Blake puts out that we put out through the Idaho Technology, the yeah, through the Idaho Technology Council. One of the things that was really great about that is that we're basically last year had three point five billion dollars invested in, you know, M and A private placement, uh, IPO type uh, work that was done, you know, in Idaho. But what's really cool about this is that there were one hundred fifty five deals that we tracked. Out of the one hundred fifty five deals, fifty five percent of those came up. And had the, the growth represented technology or software companies. Mm-hmm. So now you've got about sixty companies that are out there this last year that really got some pretty significant capital from that. Um, so is that is that kind of plays into that diversity idea that you were talking about? I mean, because I don't think we, we didn't have that type of fervor back in the nineties, right? That's right. Um, we we had obviously some harbingers, some you know, green shoots that were coming up. And yeah. You look at a Bob Lock and and ProClarity, you, know, you look at some of those companies that were starting to show up in the 90s, right. in, and um, they were proving, I think, a thesis that you know Idaho was starting to become a place where we were going to be able to attract the kind of intellectual capital that was um, going to then bring you know, monetary capital and was also going to um, bring that customers and other um, other elements that are necessary to really grow that ecosystem yeah. here. And so you, I do think that the 90s started to spring forward a little bit of, you know, can technology make it here? I remember when a friend of mine who was in the Bay Area um, and was a um, 
fairly senior person with Oracle, uh, gave a call and said, hey, uh, moving my family to Boise, Idaho. This is in the 90s. And he said, Oracle thinks we ought to, you know, put an outpost out here. So you're seeing things like that happen, but they were tentative steps. You know, they, they rented a, a small um, executive office. They didn't, you know, purchase their own space, or et cetera. It was, can this happen? Then the next 25 years started to prove out that those people who took the risk and had the foresight um, were right. Did, uh, that, that, and I think that's, so if we take a look right now, uh, in the last, couple of years you've had stage.o you're a big part of it and uh mike self and if you mike self and matt Pupolo, yeah matt Pupolo, yeah our uh our general partners and i'm an operating partner as well as date self the operating partner okay yeah so you have and we're going to talk about that uh in a lot more detail at capital connect so be sure you come everybody <laughs> yeah that's on that's on the 26th of our boise state yeah uh, Simple Ballroom. So, um, as we just as just broad strokes on this one, what uh, when Mike Self, well, when you when you first start looking at Stage what caused you to want to invest and put money into Stage Yeah, great, great question. And and um, you are right that I actually invested and came in as a limited partner before I yeah. um, you know made the decision to also join them as a partner. Actually. On initially as a general partner, but then stock and capital investment took off much faster than any of us thought. And so then, uh, kind of balancing the two, because I want to stay very involved with, with them. My partners were fortunate enough to kind of create that situation that works great at Stage.O and can run our other um, investment portfolio. And what I'll, I'll answer the question pretty um, in a one word sentence um, Idaho. So I wasn't looking, you know, for yet another thing. We'd we just IPO'd Albertsons, had a great um, result with that for uh, me and, and my partners um, there. And we'd all kind of, um, over that year in between, uh, or before through to the IPO, uh, most of us who had founded that Albertsons LLC group had started to move on to you know, see where, either from full retirement to see where we're going to go. And uh, I wasn't ready for any kind of full retirement, but I also didn't necessarily want to tag myself into something else. And so I started. Um, or I got a call from, from Mike and, and Matt and they said, hey, would you come in and chat with us? And a couple other uh, folks whose names we would not want to talk about them, but great, really trusted people in town. We were all meeting with Stage Row, kind of giving insights uh, to them because this was a institutional capital player coming to Boise, Idaho. It doesn't exist. And we need to talk about that in a second. <clears throat> so, you know, I said, yeah, I'm, I, part about um, investing is I want to invest in entities that want to invest in Idaho. And this uh, was the second fund for Stage Idaho. They actually had a first fund when they were state headquartered in Seattle. And they had, I think it's eight or, or so, or maybe nine companies in their portfolio. But they were spread out around the country and really around the world. They said, um, uh, Mike and Matt and their original uh, partner, Devin as well, who has now gone on to CEO on one of our portfolio companies. But they said, Looking around the country and really around the West, where is the next, maybe not the next Silicon Valley, where's the next Boulder, where's the next Austin, where's the next, um, you know, Utah Valley, where's the next, those kind of fields where you, can you get in um, before everybody's there and take advantage of kind of first mover status and 
looking around the country and having been exposed to this area a few times and coming out and done some presentations, et cetera, Mike and, and his uh, crew said, we're going to make a, bet, a big bet on Idaho. We want to build a $50 million fund here in Idaho. Well, that you know, that's may not be big money in New York or uh, San Francisco, but Fifty million in, in Boise, Idaho, is is a, a serious big, stake in the ground. And, it is, and he and, and having his brother, you know, Dave here, yeah, probably helped him yeah. understand a lot more about the right. He was a well respected executive for years in in the city. So um, I, you know, tussled and wrestled for a long time about you know do I do something like yeah. that? And the the concept, the thesis, the 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 goal of being very closely tied into really the first or you know one of the first but certainly kind of critical institutional capital player here in the Treasure Valley and throughout the state saying we're going to bring money and it we this 50 million can only be invested in portfolio companies that are headquartered in Idaho or have a substantial and serious portion of their business based here long term well that's making a bet on Idaho and finishing out my career 30 years with you know a, Rebuilding a retailer that is a substantial piece of Idaho's um, history, business-wise and economy. Um, you know where I want saw the next chapter is how do I uh, give back to Idaho what you know they gave to me and my family over the last thirty years, and you know build a place that my grandkids are going to have opportunities to live through. And and this felt really good, especially with people who'd already you know developed. A method and an approach to investing, and by the way, you've all probably seen, you know, some news on Plextrack, our first portfolio company, uh, on in the company before I even came in uh, in stage out of his portfolio, but worked closely with with Dan and his team on a number of uh, seventy million pieces of it. Last, last deal, three hundred million dollar valuation, yes. and more importantly, from when we invested, you know, in single digits. That's um, amazing. A great company, right? Great company, but it shows that thesis that there and 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 Dan DeClos, the CEO, you know, came to Idaho, uh, you know, and moved around within the ecosystem, developing his skills and also and and there's enough demand for people like him that then he's able to launch that into you know a company that he believes there's going to be demand for it's, and that can go worldwide from Boise, Idaho. Your, your point of this is so well taken. You said one word, Idaho, because you wanted to build Idaho. And that's what this is all doing, staged Idaho. Correct. Uh, what's interesting is that um, I've heard these things from you just over this last little bit, Andy, about the hy- testing hypothesis. You know, uh, you, you have a very uh, keen mind on a business, which was, has been awesome because what you were able to help Bob Miller and your team do with the Albertsons companies was unprecedented. I mean, we 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 basically lost Albertsons. Yes, company. Well, we weren't going to let it happen, but we were we were wondering because it, yes, uh, the 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 bulk of that company went uh, to Minnesota. Yeah, to Minnesota. And we, we took super the dregs and tried to you know turn them into something. Yeah, and I I think I, I heard something like you, you we sold this the uh, Albertsons company uh, stores to Super Value for like about twelve. Billion dollars. You are correct. And then the, you, when you guys, the, the the hypothesis of bringing this back in. This is seven years later after we bought the 
the third of the company that nobody wanted, and they bought two thirds that really you know everybody wanted. And then you for bought twelve billion. We bought ours for three hundred million, uh, and then we bought back the two thirds that SuperValue bought in twenty thirteen. So they bought them in 06, and then twenty thirteen we bought those for three point three billion. So yeah, so almost you a nine billion dollar um, reduction in yes. value over that time. Great people at SuperValue. Um, strategy did not work, and they were headed towards bankruptcy. I mean, they were headed towards a really difficult um, road, and they needed somebody to come in and, you know, uh, take a piece of, of right. what, what they were dealing off. And the timing was great for us because we, on the other hand, they'd had 28 consecutive quarters, seven years, of negative sales. We'd had 28 consecutive quarters of positive, positive sales. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I'd say that I think we may have had two during the 08 recession that were flat to slightly negative. But, uh, you know, we, we did our $300 million um, acquisition of ours in over seven years, returned $2 billion to our investors. So we knew that there was, as you said, a thesis there for how you can, you know, run a company. Yeah. Um, in our case, this, this retail company that, you know, had deep historic roots in Idaho, had tremendous amount of pride and talent still spread across the country, but had to tap into it and give it the leash yeah. and say, run now, go, and we're going to be behind you, but you guys are going to, and gals are going to deliver on this. Andy, this is going to be, uh, this is, a, and, and I don't want you to feel like I'm asking, I really want you to really get to the heart of this. Why was, because this whole thing that you tested, this hypothesis mm-hmm. that Bob Miller and the rest of your team that you brought in, why were you guys so successful? I mean, that was amazingly successful, what you were able to do, and why were you so good? Yeah. So I've, we need another podcast because um, so we'll put we'll we'll put one up pause on this one because I've got uh, I think it's thirteen maybe seventeen it's been a few years since I've pulled it out but a list of of the principles that we used and we were absolutely laser focused on them and uh, they were different than the other players in the retail business including uh, Super Value including Safeway including others um, who you know. We're full of really great people, but at that moment in time, the old stuff wasn't working, uh, or maybe right. the new stuff wasn't. I don't know how you say it, but what we did um, as a team, and it obviously clearly wasn't just me, or clearly wasn't just one, you know, one or two of others. In Bobblete, it wasn't just him, Bob Miller, who was the CEO for us. It was how we gelled this um, group together, and then were so incredibly aligned on. These principles, and every time we did an acquisition, the principles rolled in, and over and over again, you know, we we kept, we stayed very, very true to them, and didn't let them fall off. And that's hard to do it, as you go from it, a, from a two hundred store company to a two thousand store company over to keep that two and a half years, right? To keep the culture. To go from a four billion dollars yeah. in sales to fifty billion dollars in sales in three years. To go from twenty thousand employees to two hundred and ten thousand employees. Well, in three years, that's that the was stress that. and strain on. But we, well, we built that foundation for seven years, which allowed us in three years to go from you know seven years of just basically s- s- turning around, strengthening that company, and then applying those principles in three years to to, to go where we went. But we want to go back to Capital Boise, don't we? We do, we do. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to ask our producer Moshe Herman. To make sure that he gets this back on, so we get to talk about those twelve to thirteen points. All right, so yeah, we'll put it because yeah, we'll when Moshe in. calls, you can't say you, no. you can't say no. <laughs> Moshe is he, he's a he is a force. Yeah. Okay. So, so last, this is what I want to say to you is yeah. um, that I 
you were you're starting off with you know what do we do um, in in Idaho now um, to take us to the next level, and I think that's where that's where it is. And maybe we talked about that before we jumped on. I can't remember or we have, but that thought I, I want to you know nail it to uh, drive into because where we've been for the last fifteen or twenty years, where we're seeing this diversification, is much 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 of it is just being done by private investment mm-hmm. and private investors, which are awesome because they're necessary and critical, but they're not institutional, so they're not raising funds and then going out and investing in Idaho. So that's the next evolution, is mm. to strengthen and support those private investors and private groups. Look at, um, you know, um, what, I'm not gonna name them, but they're great companies um, that are here that are basically funded through their owners, um, and then there's also some angel kind of stuff that goes on and has gone on here and has given us the chance to be where we are. But the next step is to add to that this institutional fund type capital that has, you know, one goal, one purpose, and it grows these companies. And, you know, State Shadow is, is an example of that, but there are some, you know, It'd be great to have a a billion dollar. Yeah. And Andy, um, a lot of those companies that start going into markets as they develop, like like you were referencing that Boise is kind of identified as the next big market. Because if you think of the Western United States, Boise is one of the top places that are starting to develop. Right. Right. So isn't it generally where you have people have had really good exits that kind of help build some of that ecosystem along the way? Without question, there is a long history of that in. Um, in strong markets, mm-hmm. uh, but you can't rely on those people alone to do it. And I think sometimes there's an undue pressure placed on, uh, you know, a founder or right. early group to say, okay, now your job is to, you know, go out and start a fund and, and build the next company. Some people have that passion. Some people just want to turn around and run another company. Right. Some people want to go play with their grandkids. Um, so, you know, you've got to have that passion and that desire and that intense curiosity and right. interest in that piece of the puzzle if i'm a born entrepreneur i want to be running my own company if i'm somebody who you know loves to have this every day is a different adventure yeah. you're more likely to be you know in the capital side of things because you get to work with 10 entrepreneurs you know in a week instead of um one and yet if you don't like you know to have your attention just spread across everything, um, you're gonna be much happier focusing on building your next big company. We need both. Right. And you need to have, and you also have that, some diversification in this part, right? Because l- luckily we have you that has all those criteria where you wanna to continue to build, give back to the community, you wanna play with your grandkids, you wanna make the world a better place. I mean, you have all of these things and a lot of gas left in the tank to be able to do a lot of wonderful things. But we have, that's the beautiful thing is that we actually have a lot of founders and, you know, like you're saying, you don't want to put undue pressure on that because a founder could do, want to maybe want to go do a lot of different things. Yeah. But we need to have an ecosystem, the ecosystem of how we continue to grow uh, what's been taking place over the last 15 years has a great foundation for what we can do for the next 15, right? Right. Well, <laughs> that's exactly right. And so founders can do a lot of different things when they have a great exit. You know, one of them is to kind of, jump into this capital side. Um, but another one is to just be an LP. And we have uh, attracted, you know, several million dollars 
um, well, more than that, I don't know what several means, but, uh, you know, tens from people who uh, had successful exits and rather than they don't want to necessarily do that, they've come into stage.o. Talk about what an LP is. Limited partner. So the general partner, they have the responsibility basically to run a, in the world of venture capital, venture capital fund. And the general partnership really is the, these general partners, in our case, general partners plus uh, operating partners. We run the day-to-day operations, yeah. whereas a limited partner is, is an investor. And so they have limited liability um, and they're not expected to you know, show up every day and, and be working with these uh, portfolio companies. Um, and then we have a, a sort of a middle step, which is called a venture partner. And they are more of a, um, they generally will invest as a limited partner, and then they'll be involved with our companies in some way, but it's very uh, flexible for them. It's not a you know paying gig. It's more like, be, I'm, I love being with entrepreneurial companies. Yeah, come be with our portfolio companies. You're invested with us. You know, come mentor them on yeah. a once a quarter basis. Come you know, hang out with them, whatever you want to do. So, so we've got kind of that great graduated series of ways to be involved. From a pure limited partner that just wants to put the money in and you know bet on Idaho to somebody who's you know involved every day like a Mike or a Matt. Yeah, which is a good point. So last part of our conversation, we haven't really explored a lot more of the other side of Andy Scoggins' investment world. Um, you know, I know that uh, you've had uh, you've actually done some really fun stuff up Brundage Mountain, right? Uh, the, the ski resort is. Uh, Something that you've invested in with a with a small group. Small group. Um, the that that's been a phenomenal um, experience. I didn't learn to ski till I'm belt, and then I fell in love with it because it's a great family event uh, or sport or, or outdoor activity. And so, um, yeah, our kids grew up with us, you know, learn how to ski and and doing that together. And then we, you know, saw this family owned resort that has so much of Idaho in it, and um, you know, there were big national players, regional players that were more than willing and interested, but that family, um, you know, was quite the, the family that had owned it for, for many years and they'd been partners of great history. Somebody great should history. go look up, you know, Simplots were involved at some point. The Browns. Um, the Browns and then yeah. the Boars were involved Boars. with it at some point. Um, um, and, uh, anyway, they really... Their vision was to keep this an Idaho-based place where families can come. You know, we're, we're less than half the price of what you pay in a Utah ski resort still, and we're, we're working hard to keep that kind of opportunity. A lot of student, you know, pricing, um, family events that we have, you know, fun things that are happening. And the family sort of bet on us as a small group of all of us based right here in Idaho is the, um, the new ownership group that we've got. So, yeah, so that's a, that's a Scoggin Capital investment right now. And uh, anything else that you like on the Scoggin Capital Investment? Because you that's taken off even more. Uh, anything else you want to tell us about? Well, that? the interesting thing is the pandemic, which should have been a very you know difficult time, um, and was for many people, many businesses. Absolutely, you know, there's some great survivor stories. You look in the travel industry and some of those uh, industries that were tremendously difficult. But by uh, accident, you know, I um, was part of the founding group of, a, of an actual foods company. Um, we're, we have headquarters in Linden, Utah, but we're also down in Texas. We're in Dominican Republic, around the country. 
around the world, really. And we um, were growing at a pretty good rate for about the last uh, 10 or 11 years. And this was separate from my Albert Keynes business, but it was yeah. the investments, stock capital. And um, we um, went, we were sitting about 65 million in annual sales coming into the pandemic. We broke 100 million quite nicely last year because people started buying food in the store. <laughs> And online rather than just going to restaurants. We know that. So that turned out really well. And now we've had, you know, tremendous growth, a very profitable business. And uh, we've been, you know, approached a number of times about acquisitions. We're probably, we're on the lookout for some acquisitions, but we've had great growth and experience on that one. I you know, sit on the board there and lead that board. So that's a, a very active investment for us. Um, you know, invested uh, early in Idaho First Bank, great local Idaho community bank. And I went on it to, uh, Branches when I came on, we're, we're at seven branches now, went from a little over 100 million to almost half a billion in, um, in the pandemic. Again, had PPP loans. Who knew you know, that we had a phenomenal management team that were working in shifts uh, at one point, 20 hours a day to be able to work through the PPP loan demands, but it paid off really well in growing that business. And that's one where we, you know, we've just been acquired and uh, we're, but it's, we were very careful to be acquired by someone who will leave Idaho first as an Idaho community bank focused on Idaho. There um, and there's others. There's a lot of portfolio. There's a real estate portfolio. There's other stuff that we're dealing with. So we're having, you know, very involved in that. Um, but also, you know, probably the highlight of my of my month is uh, going to my ITC meetings. <laughs> oh, well, I, if that's the case, then uh, we have to make sure we put that shout that out to the world at yeah. this point. Hey, Andy, this has been great. Uh, I think that what I've learned is that uh, I always like, uh, you know, the hypothesis. You're really a person who likes to test things. You know what you like, and you really are, are bullish on Idaho. So thank you for all that you've done for Idaho in multiple areas in your private life and all the things that you, you do uh, create a better Idaho. So thank you so much. Well, thanks to Idaho Technology Council and the vision and the uh, execution. Well, and we will uh, we will make sure we get you back on to talk about what we might call the Albertsons Company's way. There so we go. Like that. And, and thank you. And uh, come uh, next week at uh, the twenty sixth uh, to the Capital Connect Conference um, from nine a.m. to one p.m. to be able to listen to more about what's going on with Andy and Stage and myself and many other companies that are going to be presenting. I'm looking forward to hearing the many other companies. It is. It's going to be totally awesome. And then uh, uh, we also want to make sure we put the next uh, uh, Innovation Matters. We're going to have Jeet Kumar, the CEO of InTime Tech, and also currently the chair of the Idaho Technology Council will be on on the 6th of May. And on the 17th of May, we're going to have Reed Steffen, who is the chief information officer for the St. Luke system. He'll be coming and talking about all the changes, all the things that have taken place there. So. Um, a lot of fun stuff. So thanks again, Andy. And thanks for joining us because in Idaho, innovation matters. Thanks and have a great day. Innovation Matters is a production of the Idaho Technology Council. For membership information and to get involved, visit our website at idahotechcouncil.org. Thanks for listening and helping us transform Idaho's future together. Together.